You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Well, 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 welcome on in to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib. Thomas Carinante is off today, but I'm happy to be taking you through the first part of the week. Don't worry, I won't take up too much of your time, but I will take you through the weekend's action and this unbelievable start to this stretch that I was assured would kill the 2022 Yankees season. And I'm a believer in this team. I'm a believer in this team for many reasons, uh, most of which uh, are because they lead everyone in everything. So it doesn't really take much belief to be a believer in this team. Just so everybody knows, after Monday's win against the Rays to start that series, the Yankees now score the most runs in baseball. They allow the fewest. They have the highest slugging percentage, and they allow the lowest They have MLB's best record by six games over the Mets, best run differential by 31 over the Dodgers, best record versus winning teams. They're just over 500 there. Everyone else is below. And best record versus losing teams, best home record, best road record. This is all courtesy of James Smythe of the Yes Network. They are the best at everything. And the Baltimore Orioles hit 30 wins yesterday. Uh, Sunday, the Orioles hit 30 wins Uh, And so they're the last team in the division to get to 30. They are also the first division with a last place team to get to 30 wins. The Yankees beat everybody and are in the best division in baseball. They lead that division by 12 games over the Toronto Blue Jays after the Blue Jays won uh, on Sunday against the Yankees to avert disaster only to again, lose that game in the standings on Monday losing to the White Sox while the Yankees beat the Rays. And what a wild victory that was for the Yankees on Monday. We're going to talk all about it. We were, you know, again, this is the best team in baseball at everything. And we were getting ready to maybe do a depression cast on Tuesday coming off the holiday weekend. It's been a while since we've done one of those, but what a terrible loss on Sunday. And up to nothing with a no hitter in the eighth inning. Suddenly the Yankees are on the ropes on Monday too at the Trop, feeling like a house of horrors again. You're almost getting me. T- I can feel myself revving back up. I've done it before. I might do it again. Doing the just get me out of Tampa. I don't want to be here anymore. You know, take the sweep. Take the four L's in a row. Get me to the Astros series. Try to regroup there. That's not what you're going to get, though, today. Because the Yankees battled back and won. Like they so often do. And like they almost did on Sunday. Again, the worst loss of the season. They had the winning run on second with two outs in the ninth after getting punched in the mouth in the sixth and seventh inning. This team really is remarkable. So don't let anybody's 
Uh, discussions of their supposed weak points uh, tell you otherwise because, uh, I mean, even those weak points aren't all that weak anymore. Aaron Hicks, has anybody seen what Aaron Hicks has been doing lately? Like, I know you don't want to. I, I know you want to just assume uh, that Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo have been black holes and will be forever. And, you know, it's been easy enough for me to say that, too. It's just sort of a shorthand thing at this point. Like, well, yeah, they're the best team in baseball, and they have three of the worst regular position players in, in the league in Aaron Hicks, Joey Gallo, and Kyle Gashioka. It's not necessarily true anymore. Aaron Hicks is, is hitting and hitting for power in the month of June. It's all coming together. So we're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about uh, specifically what has gone so right for the Yankees uh, entering this stretch, which many sold as the one that would determine their first half fate, right? The Red Sox are coming on strong. The Rays and Jays are licking at their heels. The Astros hate them. So those series will be nasty. And this stretch was uh, Rays at home for three, at Jays for three, at Rays for three, back home, Fizz in Houston for four. Then a little break after those 13, they faced the A's break but it's home for the A's. You want to win those games. Then you go to Houston uh, for another weird little one game and then go to Cleveland, who's red hot and are right in the wildcard race. But these 13 games are supposed to be determinative and the Yankees are six and one in the first seven of those 13 games. So it doesn't, you know, it gets, there's only one way it gets better. And that's if they hold the eight, three lead on Sunday, they they could be seven and oh but they're six and one. It's really not bad at all, but we are going to break down what makes that so special and talk about the tides that are turning. Uh, you can find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five-star review, drop us a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer any mailbag questions that you may have. Um, and we're coming up on the all-star break surprisingly enough. So we're almost getting to the point where we're halfway right now. We're at 67 games, 81. That'll be your halfway mark. And then the all-star break is always a little after that halfway point. I'm going to be cramming some games in there. And that's why the Yankees are playing Houston for one and then Houston for two after the break. Uh, this season is, is strange, unlike most recent seasons. The Yankees are very close to that schedule halfway mark, and they're very good at baseball. So let's talk about the 6-1 and one, uh, stretch a little bit, specifically the stuff that happened over the weekend. The Yankees, last time we did a podcast, had just taken the first two from the Rays at home. It was already an accomplishment that they'd won the first two, they'd won the series. They already passed the first test. They go into game three without a starting pitcher. Luis Severino hits the COVID IL, which doesn't mean you have COVID. He didn't. Still doesn't, as far as I know. Uh, I think the smart teams are using the COVID IL to manipulate things a little bit. If a pitcher's sick, or if a pitcher needs his innings limited or a start skipped because he's reaching up against those boundaries, then that's what you do. That's where you put him. Severino, uh, you know, we thought, you know, it was kind of smart. Maybe they're just doing it to try to take some innings away off his right arm. But then he comes back and starts Sunday anyway. So maybe none of that matters. He was just under the weather, didn't have COVID, whatnot. They, they win the final game of that series. Uh, they don't have a starting pitcher. Ryan Weber, who has since DFA, picks up three and two-thirds innings after Clark Schmidt goes up just one hit, the homer to Francisco Mejia. And they, you know, Ron Marinaccio holds him down and they walk off Anthony Rizzo on national cannoli day. Yeah. Not an accident. Uh, celebrate cannoli, celebrate Rizzo dongs, uh, Anthony Rizzo. I'm not breaking any news to anybody here, by the way, is hot now. Again, Anthony Rizzo is on fire. Um, some of you were considering voting for Anthony Rizzo, uh, for the all-star team a couple weeks ago when he was struggling saying his contributions outweighed whatever numbers you see. Jack Curry called him the best 
223 hitter in baseball last week. That was last week, I believe. Now he's the best 238 hitter in baseball. 1.7 war on the year, 19 bombs, 49 RBI, 148 OPS plus, 864 OPS. My God. Uh, talk about an opt-out possibility at the end of the season. The Yankees are going to really want to move to lock him up for maybe another year or two or three because what he means to this team uh, goes beyond the box score, but also in the box score, he has 19 home runs in the middle of June. So the, the box score could also help you out there. It doesn't take a genius to see how effective Rizzo is. So there's a walk-off. There's a sweep. They go to Toronto on Friday night. Jordan Montgomery, lineup that kills left-handers. Powerful lineup waiting to bust out. You know, the Blue Jays were supposed to be the division favorites. They're going to come out riled up for this one. They're going to make Jordan Montgomery pay. Then the next day, you've got Alec Manoa, who the Yankees can't beat. Even though they've got Jamison Tyone opposing him, they never hit Manoa. He might be the AL All-Star starter. Third game of this series, you got Severino against Yusei Kikuchi, but Kikuchi beat the Yankees a couple weeks ago. He, he was the one to stave off the sweep the last time the Yankees went to Toronto with a you know, haphazard, lopsided pitching performance, but he did the job. They win the first one, running away, 12-3, Joey Gallo. Homers, doubles, they just absolutely blast off. It's a, it's a tight ball game, <clears throat> and then it's not at all. <clears throat> Aaron Hicks delivers a three-run double with two outs and the base is loaded. They beat Manoa 4-0. That game is never really close. That is the biggest mismatch of the season on paper. Uh, they go with a crazy lineup. They start a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, is it lefties or righties. Uh, it was lefties because it was Marwin Gonzalez and all those guys. Lefties are hitting like 248 on the year against Manoa and rights are hitting like 180. So they basically decided to experiment because they know we don't have a great shot today. So why don't we just try something to prepare us for October? It works. They put up four runs uh, and <laughs> the game doesn't really get that close. It was first and second no outs for Vlad at some point. They got him. Tyone was fantastic. Tyone moved into all-star consideration. David Cohn the other day said he's naming Yankee all-stars and he names all the starters except for Garrett Cole, who, by the way, I think is probably going to make it. A lot of these all-star projections are getting kind of cutesy. They got Michael King in there instead of Garrett Cole or Tyone or Severino. I don't think you're going to actually get Michael King onto the all-star team, even if he deserves it. It's just the kind of thing that doesn't usually happen. But hey, guess what? No shame in giving Michael King an extra couple of days off. I don't want to see Clay Holmes pitching in the All-Star game. Like to see him wave to everybody. Don't want to see him pitching. So they win the first two games, and then the, the Sunday in Toronto, it's horrible. It's it's quite bad. It's it's quite pungent. They're they're down two nothing early. They they cut it to two one. They go up three two. They go up six two. Give up a solo shot six three. You know battle back. Solo homers by Kyle Higashioka, Marlon Gonzalez. We're all kind of laughing. We're, we're laughing. The Yankees are about to sweep the Toronto Blue Jays, and you're laughing, Robert De Niro, Joker. And then all of a sudden, you know, the worst-case scenarios happen. Two outs, nobody on. They let Severino start the sixth inning for whatever reason. He doesn't have it. Instead of giving Miguel Castro a clean inning, they give him two on and no outs. Gets two outs, gives up the walk to Matt Chapman, and then the grand slam to Lourdes Gurriel, who doesn't even start anymore, by the way. Why isn't he in the lineup? I don't know. But at that moment, you, you see the bases loaded and you go, well, it would be the only reason, the only way they'd really get back in this game is if Gurriel hit a grand slam. Well, there it goes. And even though it's 8-7, you kind of feel like, all right, they will take the lead. And of course, they do it next inning on a Teoscar Hernandez three-run shot. But then Rizzo homers, second and third, two outs in the ninth. Rizzo up in the plate with a chance to take the lead. It was even first and second, one out in the eighth. 
and LeMahieu and Judge made out. The Yankees did all they could to claw back in that game. The bullpen was off, and they didn't have Holmes, and they didn't have King. So it was Peralta and Castro. I would have gone with Marinaccio to start the sixth inning, maybe. I would have gone with Castro with a clean inning at the very least. But again, we are quibbling with the 17th loss of the season in which the Yankees bullpen imploded for the first time in a long time. And then things were bad for exactly 24 hours because the next day, Toronto lost, the Yankees won. They regained that spot. They're 12 up on the Jays, 14 up on Boston and Tampa. And you started to read those takes after they relinquished that one game to the Jays about, I read somebody tweet that this was exactly like the Bill Miller game against Mariano at Fenway in 2004. They had a chance to bury the Jays, and they couldn't do it. First of all, the 2004 Red Sox never caught the Yankees in the standings. So if that's a take about how the Jays are going to overtake the Yankees in the AL East, the 2004 Red Sox, the, the spark plug comeback kings that you're talking about, didn't even do that. They never got to the Yankees in the regular season. The Yankees put up an unprecedented choke in the playoffs. 2004 Yankees and no pitching. They land Andy Pettit go to Houston. It's a once-in-a-lifetime scenario. I hope, knock on wood, I never want to see that again. But even the 2004 Red Sox did not track the Yankees down in the East. And then, lo and behold, literally one day later, the Yankees have gotten it back to 12. Could have gotten it to 13. Sure. Could be 14 right now. I know. I hear you. But the Yankees have the largest division lead in baseball with the three best teams in the 2-3-4 spot and 5 spot of anybody. There is no other division where the teams behind the first place team are this good. Find me one. You, you can't. You, you cannot. Which all takes us to the Monday night game. And and how, how many no-hit bids are the 2022 Yankees going to have? There was a couple weeks ago where it was, you know, Tyone almost threw one against the Angels, then, you know, was about to take the loss all of a sudden, and then Rizzo rallied him back. Then the very next day, Cole almost took one deep into the, the seventh against the Tigers. And then the next day, Luis Severino didn't carry a no-hitter, but threw seven one-hit innings. Garrett Cole, it, it, the pitch count, it, it looked like he was donezo after like five, but he gets through the six with relative efficiency. In the seventh, he's only at like nine more pitches. He's at entering the eighth with like 104. Of course, Isaac Paredes singles up the middle immediately clean. Nothing wrong with that. Josh Lowe takes him to the center field wall. You pull him. And then the wheels come off. Clay Holmes, first bad game in a long time. And by the way, first bad game for Clay Holmes is a double for Francisco Mejia, a dribbler to the mound for out number two that scored a run, and another dribbler that was too far away from the mound to record an out. And he walked G-Man Choi and Randy Rosarina bailed him out. Again, the worst Clay Holmes has looked in a long time. Scoreless inning streak over. Scoreless appearance streak over. You knew it would be at some point. But you know what the best case scenario is for one of those games? When that streak gets broken, when Clay Holmes blows a save and allows a run, you win the game anyway. That's what the great teams do. That's what's so frustrating when it's not you, when you're waiting and waiting and waiting like a limp little elf for the bad thing to finally happen to the team that's in the driver's seat. And then it does and they win anyway. How frustrating is that? If you're chasing some team that does that, the Yankees are 16-2 and two in June thanks to breaks like that. 
The Red Sox have only lost four times in June and have lost ground on the Yankees. And they, by the way, start playing major league teams again soon. Blue Jays series next week in Toronto. Their closer's not going. Tanner Haug not going to be there. The Red Sox are playing inspired baseball. They held a 2004 reunion yesterday for no reason. They won that game, four losses in the month, two games further from the Yankees than they were when the month began. That is incredible. And that's because of contributions from Cole, who, by the way, has allowed one hit in nine at-bats with six strikeouts against G-Man Choi since the beginning of 2021. Remember when G-Man Choi owned Garrett Cole? Not true. Now Garrett Cole treats him like he treats most people. Garrett Cole has the most starts as a Yankee, the the 11K plus. He's got 11 of these. <coughs> I'll look that up. I, I feel like I'm not, I'm doing you guys a disservice. We're not going to get it. <laughs> We're not going to get it, folks. These numbers are not coming the way I wanted them to. But it's like 11 starts of this exact parameter with like seven innings, you know, just no runs, 10 plus Ks or whatnot. He's got, he's right up there with Whitey Ford. They're like, these are unmatched numbers in Yankees history, and he's two and a half seasons deep into a contract that many of us would say it sometimes feels like he's not living up to expectations. Our expectations were crazy because he's living up to Yankee history. The Yankees have never had a pitcher do this and perform this well in this short a period of time. There's a lot more Garrett Cole on this contract before he has to leave or go anywhere. So... I choose to be heartened by Garrett Cole. There's certainly been times when I felt like I have not gotten quite enough from Garrett Cole. Again, because of the dollar figures and because of, you know, it's that Jordan Montgomery thing of sure. He only gave up two runs in six innings, but why did he blow a two nothing lead to do it? It skews your perspective. When once that guy goes on a winning streak, you start to appreciate them. But for a while, it's like he had a one hit start in game five of the ALDS. That one hit was an Austin Meadows homer. The Yankees couldn't hit, and that turned into a 1-1 game that Aroldis Chapman lost. If he goes six one-hit innings on short rest and the Yankees win 6-1, our perception of Garrett Cole is extremely different. He was better in the deciding game five than he was in the opening game one, and then he was in game one of the Cleveland series before that. But he won that Cleveland game because the offense mashed Shane Bieber, and he won going away in the first game because the offense took off late. Giancarlo Stan hit that bomb to center. Perception versus reality. It, it, that's always been the Garrett Cole question. He's trying his best to change both perception and make this the best reality possible. The Yankees are 50 and 17. 50 and 17, 6 and 1 in the first seven of the stretch that was supposed to kill him. So what are the best signs to me during this stretch? One, it's how often they collectively punch back. I would say uh, <clears throat> that's obvious. It's just beyond obvious that this team has a, a the, the type of collective sense that winning teams and great teams have that is difficult to quantify. And it's not what stat heads want to hear, but it's the part of baseball that just, you know it when you see it. And, and I can't name a game this year where the Yankees did not respond almost immediately to a grave injustice by either getting over the hump or getting right to the edge and struggling, right? You can't win every day, and they don't. They only win 50 out of 67 days. <clears throat> Holy hell, that's just crazy. It's so fun to say. Thank goodness we're doing a podcast on the 50th win day so that I get to say they are 50 and 17. Historic territory. 
Getting punched in the mouth and responding, always. Uh, Josh Donaldson, first at-bat of Sunday's game, e- even in the micro, gets hit with a pitch. He's furious. Gets picked off first. He's furious. Second A-B comes up with a runner on, long home run bat drop. 2-1 deficit to 3-2 lead in a second. The relievers let the Yankees down on Sunday. What do they do? Again, Rizzo, pinch hit homer. Next two guys get on base. They have a chance to push the run across there, go from 10-8 to an inspiring victory in the ninth. They never quit two outs in the inning. Aaron Hicks comes up, singles into the gap. They never give up. Yesterday, Clay Holmes gets dinked and dunked by bad batting average luck, BABIP stuff, classic Rays, right? They don't look back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Glaber Torres gets ahead in the count 3-1 and one against noted homophobe Jason Adam. Homophobe. He is. He, he said it just like a week ago. He is. Gets ahead in the count, 3-1. Bad, bad ending to that at-bat. Flies out to right on, on a pitch he could have done damage with. Probably want to look for the walk there. No problem. Donaldson single. Aaron Hicks rockets one over the head of Andy Margo. By the way, don't need a bat drop that, Aaron Hicks. Probably just, you know, that's not a home run. So probably want to run on that one. But regardless, the theatrics were nice. The run scored. And let me ask you this. <clears throat> Runner on third one out there for Jose Trevino. Did any of you think he wasn't getting the runner in? 
runner on third, no outs a couple innings prior for Donaldson and Hicks and Trevino. Donaldson strikes out. Hicks strikes out. Did any of you think Trevino was going to fail there too? Put the ball in play. Beat out a ball G-Man Choi dropped. The Rays defense is awful, by the way. Outside of the ninth inning where the Yankees, you know, almost lost that game because Tropicana Field tries to steal wins from you. And Joey Gallo at the last second sticking his glove out. DJ LeMahieu throwing a ball into the outfield for a potential game-ending double play. Pop out in the left center. Aaron Hicks crouches on his knees and catches the final out. Remember the game last year where LeMahieu caught the final out at first? Collapsing to the floor, too? This stadium is hell on earth. And after the Yankees won last night's game, I don't know if I'm going to watch any of the other two games in the series just because I can't stomach this place. It's an actual hellhole. But they win again. And get the job done. And again, it's not, you know, it's easy to talk about the team's collective uh, revenge attitude, but like all those stats I rattled off from James Smythe, it's not an accident. The Yankees aren't winning on vibes. This is not 2017 where they're going to struggle for two weeks, but then Matt Holiday leads a 10-1 comeback against the Orioles. And you get into the playoffs and you go, why is it all working so well? The Yankees are the best pitching team, hitting team on the road at home. You know, allow no slugging, hit for power. They do everything better than anyone else at this point in time. Can something change that? Sure. Devastating injuries could happen. That's why they need to be ultra aggressive at the trade deadline, because you're you're not going to have opportunities like this very often to absolutely put your foot on the gas pedal in any given season. This is a spectacularly good team by the advanced metrics, by the surface numbers, and by the record. And the division Luckily for the Yankees, outside of the Red Sox, they've already played these teams an awful lot. After this series against Tampa, that will be, they split a four-gamer, three and three, so that'll be 10 games banked against Tampa, a little over half their schedule there. Toronto, they just played another road series. They'd already played six at home and now six on the road, so 12 there, just two more series on the table against the Jays. Uh, And the Orioles, they're nine and four against them, which is nothing to sneeze at because the Orioles have a winning record against the Boston Red Sox including winning a five-game set at Fenway Park three weeks ago. Orioles are not a joke. So the number one thing I like is sort of the intangible. The other thing I I like, and I've liked it all season long, this team's remarkable ability to win the first game of a series and put the pressure on the other team, which the playoffs are also short series. So if you can carry that over from the regular season, it's like you're already playing playoff series now in the regular season and you know how important game one is regardless of the pitching matchup that's the only difference in the playoffs is to set yourself up and the Yankees no doubt want that number one seed but this season they did it again right they did it again yesterday they did it in Toronto over the weekend they did it against the Rays in the the first series of this tough four series set the Yankees won the opener of, of the season against the Boston Red Sox then they lost the opener of the next series to the Jays and the opener of the next series on the road to the Orioles. So they're, they started off the season one and two in series openers. Now they are 19 and three in the first game of series. The one additional loss was the home series against the Orioles a couple of weeks ago after the White Sox swept that doubleheader and Garrett Cole faltered. 19 and three in series openers. Think about that whether it is an important tone-setting series or a potential letdown where the Yankees have just faced a division rival and now have to battle the Cubs, 
or have to battle the Tigers or the Guardians. They are not letting their guard down for even a second. And if they are struggling, they're finding a way to win. The Trevino walk-off against the Cubs, perfect example. No hits with runners in scoring position through the entirety of the game until he walks them off. Is that game going in the Louvre? No. Unless they hand me the keys to running the Louvre, which they've shown no intention of doing. No one has reached out from the French government. And if they ask, I won't do it. It's not a beautiful game. It's not a framed piece of artwork, but it's a fucking win. Again, uh, again, 19 and three. And not just 19 and three, but one and two to 19 and three. Which again, speaks, so many stats speak towards the turnaround. You may forget, this team was seven and six. They're 50 and 17. So that's 43 and 11. 43 and 11. 43 out of 54 games. A 796 winning percentage. The Yankees are prime Pedro Martinez since starting off the season seven and six. So for me, the best signs of the current stretch are the fact that they're winning in so many ways. Everyone is contributing. This is a true collective. Sometimes we'll outslug you and win 12-3 in the opener against Toronto. Sometimes we'll edge you by. Sometimes we'll shut you out. Yankees shut out the Blue Jays on Saturday. Sometimes we won't have a starting pitcher and we'll keep it close and we'll end it before the ghost runner shows up. Anthony Rizzo, thank you so much for the win on National Cannoli Day. You hit us hard, we'll hit you back. Even if we don't win, which you can't win every day, but you can win most days. And any complaining about the 2022 Yankees begins and ends with the recitation of the record right now. I can complain. I was sad last night briefly when Clay Holmes blew that save on dinks and dunks. Felt very typical raise to me. I was sad again when DJ LeMahieu threw that ball away and it was first and second. One out. I started doing the mental math and I knew Taylor Walls was coming up eventually. 2021, Yankees get walked off by Taylor Walls who then struts around home plate and says, you're beatable. 2022 Yankees, that does not happen. Wandy Peralta holds them off. They win the game. My goodness. Let's talk about Aaron Hicks for just a little bit. Um, And it's become such a popular narrative now to say Aaron Hicks is struggling and and he's, you know, the the power's gone and and the wrist is dead. In April and and March, April only, it's still still split on baseball reference. By the way, fix that. (laughs) Just kidding. I I don't know what I'm talking about. In 17 games, 15 starts in April, he hit 306, got on base in a 426 clip, heated up at the end of that month. One homer, though, no power. I think a lot of us came away from that saying we need to see more and and, and still couldn't hit with the bases loaded, still couldn't hit with Rosen scoring position, some high profile failures there. In May, 24 games, just awful. 83 plate appearances, 253 OBP, 127 batting average, 24 strikeouts. In 71 official at-bats, nine hits, only one of them for extra bases. It was a double. Does not get worse than that. Hicks starts to see his playing time diminished, and rightfully so. Because even when you're hot, you you can't just willingly carry a zero. And he was coming up with runs in scoring position. The first Trevino walk-off, he came up in a huge situation there and and, and didn't do anything. Even in the second Trevino walk-off, he came up with a chance to end the game himself and scalded one the third base and a great diving play was made and it just sort of summed up his whole campaign well now in june 53 at bat 61 plate appearances 17 hits he's got a double a triple and a homer eight rbi 
321 batting average, 410 OBP, 434 slugging. In wins, Aaron Hicks on the year, 248, 358, 686 OPS. It's not what you want. But guess what? The 844 OPS in June is exactly what you want. Imagine Aaron Hicks being league average. Imagine Aaron Hicks lurking at the bottom of the lineup and being league average. How good does that make the 2022 Yankees? Who, by the way, again, are 50 and 17. I'm going to keep saying that for the rest of the season. I do not care what the record actually is. I'm just going to keep reminding you all that they are 50 and 17 and were at a certain point beyond absurd imagine a league average Aaron Hicks which is what you are getting lately you are getting him strutting his stuff you don't have the arm you had when he was at his peak you're never going to have the power he had when he was at his peak him saying he was going to hit 30 30 this year was was almost never a possibility and brought some undue laughter his way from us too because that is most frustrating we were very frustrated with him but you know what his other catchphrase was have some fuck you. He said it on R2C2. He said his goal for this season was to fight back against his detractors and bring the edge the Yankees have lacked for several years now. And he's certainly doing that right now in the month of June where he has been a consistent performer. The Yankees losses in June. One eight one blowout in Minnesota. 1109 squeaker in Toronto. It's June 21st. Now, I don't want to talk about the 1998 Yankees much. And I'm only going to briefly talk about this. But you saw some people mentioning on, and this was oddly comforting. I don't want to compare anybody to the 98 Yankees. And it's tough to do that because the 98 Yankees finished the season with a title something we have no idea whether the 2022 Yankees can accomplish. We know the 98 Yankees did it. There was doubt they could, right? You never knew they would. You knew they were the best team in baseball. You try to temper your expectations. They're coming off a choke in the 97 playoffs. They blow that series to Cleveland. Mariano Rivera blows the save. And you're thinking, you know, that sure, they're the 96 world champs, but there was no, like, long-term championship pedigree. You lose Wade Boggs. You lose several key pieces there. It's not like they were the dynastic Yankees at that point. Sure enough, they win the World Series. So that's why it's difficult to compare the two because we already know how one story ended. You did have people saying after the Yankees blew Sunday's game, relax, the 98 Yankees lost two five-run leads, including one in June that year, which, again, meaningless, but a little perspective, a reminder that even the best teams in baseball have horrific off days. I just checked out that game as a matter of principle, it's one of the worst losses you'll ever see. I laughed out loud. Yankees did have a 5 nothing lead in the sixth inning. It's an almost identical game. Five-run lead entering the bottom of the sixth. This one got out of the sixth. Didn't, didn't blow it till the seventh. The Yankees lost 7-5 to the Montreal Expos in Montreal. Both games in Canada, by the way. 5 nothing lead go to the bottom of the seventh. Andy Pettit on the mound. Seven runs immediately. In the seventh, Jeff Nelson takes the loss. Two out, bases clearing double in a 5-4 game is, is what got him there. Ugeth Urbina, who once wielded a hatchet and has since been arrested for crimes, did pick up the save here. <clears throat> Hopefully no one involved in the Jays game Sunday ends up with a similar fate. 
is that meaningful in any way? No, it's not. It's just a reminder of, of the randomness of baseball and that maybe the greatest team we all recall, the 98 Yankees, was, was potentially fallible in the moment too. And don't imbue them with this gold just because we know they eventually won the World Series. The stats show the 2022 Yankees, especially relative to their offensive environment, should be impressing you just as much through mid-June as the 98 Yankees did. So if I have to sit through people saying the Yankees opened the door to the Blue Jays on Sunday and that it was just like that extremely unique 2004 Red Sox game, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to greet you at that door and tell you that the 98 Yankees did the same thing to the Montreal Expos, and that win pushed the Expos record to 25-39. and 39. It can happen to you. You can lose to Mark Valdez in, one, in an absolute eyesore, and you can also win 114 games and the eventual World Series. No predictions here. Only saying that this stretch was supposed to kill the Yankees, whose schedule does get lighter in July comparatively, though they finally battle the Red Sox. Four in Fenway, three at Yankee Stadium. Should be exciting, I think. The Red Sox want us. The 2018 Red Sox heard the Yankees say, we want Boston, and they said, okay, we're going to eat you alive. We're going to make your starting pitcher forget what time the game starts. The 2022 Yankees, that's the one hurdle they still have to cross. The Red Sox move past Tampa into third place, meaning they are now uh, closer to that five seed than that six seed. I'd love them out of the playoffs. You can't bet on it. There aren't that many great teams in the American League. It really might come down to the Red Sox, whose schedule is about to get tougher, the White Sox, the Rays, and the Guardians for that last spot. I think the Jays probably have it locked up. They're just more talented than those other teams. We'll find out. Jays collapse could be incoming. I don't know. The Red Sox are certainly among the most talented teams in the playoffs. And so when the time comes, if the time comes for the 2022 Yankees to defend their honor and complete their season by defeating their chief rival, they're going to have to decide whether they want that or not. But so far, they've wanted everything. They wanted the Rays this past week. They swept them at home. They wanted the Jays this weekend. They took the first two. They wanted the Rays yet again ahead of the Astros series. No thinking ahead here. They battle and take the opener after the unthinkable happens and Clay Holmes struggles and they don't have Michael King. And they use Wandy Peralta the day after he struggled in Toronto and gave up the game, losing home run, and he still holds on. The Yankees don't get lucky often. They got a little lucky yesterday, but the luck was the residue of one hell of a design by these outside-the-box coaches that, and we'll give them credit, Cashman, Sam Brines, Matt Blake, Dylan Lawson, the team is hitting strikes hard. The team is pitching the hell out of their cutters and changeups. This team, who we laughed at for trying to outsmart the Rays in the 2020 playoffs by pinch hitting Mike Ford late and signing scrap heap guys, maybe the 2019 and 2020 Yankees just ran out of steam. Maybe the 2020 Yankees didn't get enough time to gel in the 60-game season. 2021... I don't know what happened, but guess what? They rooted out the root causes. They took Marcus Thames out of there. Gio Rochelle and Gary Sanchez, gone. Luke Voigt, hitting well for the, the Padres, and it makes me sad how little I miss him. Wish him well, but it makes me sad how little I miss him. Dylan Lawson, Blake, Brind, Cashman, that brain trust has pressed all the right buttons so far in overhauling this team's 
training regimen, Eric Cressy, the way they build a bullpen, the way they build a rotation, the way they train, the way they hit, the way they approach the ball at the plate, they are outraising the Rays, who are having a nightmarish start to 2022 injury-wise, offense-wise, and are looking a lot more like the 2021 Yankees than the Rays team that won 100 games last year. Maybe, just maybe, the Yankees weren't so crazy to try to outraise the Rays. Maybe it just took a little longer than they thought it would to get the infrastructure in place. The New York Yankees are 50 and 17. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review or a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. Until next time, you can find us on all those places. You can find me at Adam Weiner on Twitter. You can follow Thomas Carinante at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, he will be ranting and raving like usual. But again, it is very hard to be angry right now. As disappointed as I was on Sunday, you know, you can't help but be disappointed when you blow a five-run lead to your division rival. As disappointed as I was then, is as, as righted as the ship has gotten only 24 hours later with another huge win in Tampa. You can find us both at YanksGoYardFS. Please check out the content at YanksGoYard.com. We'll be fulfilling your reading dreams for the rest of the week. And if you want to join the team, let us know. We've got spaces available. Until next time, we'll see you on Thursday. I'm Adam Weinrib. The Yankees are 15 and 17. 50 and 17, everybody. See you on Thursday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.